This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 48. Thank you so much for joining me today. As we continue to explore the power of radical self-love, self-compassion, and what are the ways that we are really holding ourselves stuck? What are the ways that we are allowing our limiting beliefs, our own self-sabotage to keep us somewhere that we don't actually really want to be? I hope that you had a chance to explore all of the thought reflection questions that I shared last week. What are the ways that you can express love and compassion for yourself today? So what does self-sabotage mean to you? What are ways that you have awareness on the words that we use and the thoughts that we have allowed to become beliefs that keep us somewhere that we don't want to be? Now, one of the basic principles of self-love that we discussed last week was really, how do we talk to ourselves? What are the words that we use when we engage with ourselves? What are our thoughts about ourselves? When we struggle, what are the words that we use. And I have found not just in the research that is out there, but also in talking to other women that we really hold ourselves to almost perfectionistic standards. It's standards that it's questionable that anyone can meet them. We hold ourselves accountable for something that was not achievable to begin with. So today, let's spend a little bit of time in that space of what are the things that we expect ourselves to do and how is that serving or not serving us? Now, a lot of the data that I'm going to be discussing here today is the work of Shirzad Shamin and his work on positive intelligence quotient. There will be a link in my show notes for you to go explore that further. If you want to take your own saboteur assessment to see where you might be self-sabotaging, then I encourage you to do so. It is a free self-assessment and it is a really useful set of data for us to understand another layer about ourselves. Understand that all of the resources that I share in this podcast and on my website and other medium are really various ways for us to understand ourselves. These are data points that we collect about ourselves. And what it does is it helps us to connect to who we are authentically instead of pretending, even if to ourselves, that this is something we are, this is something we're not, I'm not sure what we want to do with it, all of those things. Instead of pretending, faking it, 
fake till you make it. All of the the strategies that we talk about, the reality is that when we are faking who we are, then we don't get to explore our true authentic self. And, And our entire foundation, right? Our life is based on this fake persona that we have adopted. When in reality, who we are is more than enough. Who we are is worthy of getting to know and who we are might be the reason why someone else doesn't feel alone and like they're the only person in the world who's struggling. When we own our stories, when we show up in our lives authentically, first of all, it's an ease for us because we don't have to remember who we are, right? We don't have to remember the stories. We are just who we are. And also it provides hope for someone else who feels like maybe they're just not enough. When we all feel comfortable to show up as we are, knowing that we're worthy, knowing that we're enough, imagine the amount of energy that we are actually saving and how that actually can be put towards your productivity. If you weren't spending time using all your energy to fake it, what if you actually use that energy to make it, to do the things, to take the action? We talked a couple of episodes ago on how action creates clarity. So instead of spending our time in mental chatter, mental clutter, what we think we need to do, all the shoulds, all the expectations, let's use that energy to take action, to create clarity and to do the things that we actually want to spend our energy on. That is actually true productivity. It is living on purpose, living intentionally and mindfully and choosing how we want to show up authentically in our life. So as we explore on the positives and negatives that come up in our life, so something happens in our life, it may be related to our work, to our relationships, to our health, to our internal thoughts and expectations, to how we want to show up. Have you noticed that when life is at ease, there's not a lot of ups and downs and things are flowing. We have the capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive mindset. We're able to pause and reflect and respond from a place of worthiness and belief. But when we are already functioning at maximum capacity, the weeks where you're running in three different directions and you've got meetings and kids have stuff to do and you've got expectations both at home and at work and at life and all of the spaces, have you noticed that you tend to be, and all of us actually tend to be a little short, a little frustrated, a little annoyed. Small things tend to create that tip over point into overwhelm and frustration. Overwhelm is essentially when our brain says the needs that are in our life, what needs to happen is more than the resources that you have to take care of those needs. And the resources include your time, your mind, your energy, money, right? All of the stories we say, yeah, I don't have blah, blah, blah to take care of my needs. And therefore I am in overwhelm. Your brain is telling you, I'm not sure how I will address these needs. So today, one of the things that I really want to offer you is a gift 
to overcome overwhelm. And that is building a deep connection to yourself and your mental fitness so that regardless of what is going on in your life, challenges, obstacles, struggles, ease, flow, peace, regardless of whatever is going on in your life, that you have the reserve and the capacity to take a moment to pause and to reflect and to respond in a way that feels authentic for you, in a way that allows you to grow, in a way that allows you to honor both yourself, your experience, your thoughts, your feelings, but it also allows you to honor those that you work with, those that you interact with, those that you're in relationship with. So Mental Fitness is a program by Shirzat Shamin, and I'm currently going through coach certification for it. I'm just working through it. And, I, and one of the things that is beautiful about it is it truly is a blend of neuroscience, cognitive behavioral psychology, positive psychology, and performance science. When we are wanting to build our physical fitness, we go to the gym or we might have a fitness program that we do at home, but we have a way to build our physical fitness. We're not going to think, oh, I don't, I'm not doing any workout routine, but tomorrow I'm just going to go and do a marathon. No one expects that. I've shared with some of you my own journey preparing for a half marathon. And one of these days I'm going to do an episode on it because I have definitely learned a lot about myself and about the whole process. This is my second time around too. So it's a deeper reflection, if you will. Anyways, but I don't expect that I do nothing. And then come April, I'm just going to go and do my half marathon, even for a 5k or a 10k, there's an element of fitness that we expect to build so that we can actually show up and do our best. Why is it that for mental fitness, we don't expect any of that. We expect that we're going to ignore ourselves. We're going to ignore our self-care, talk to ourselves, however we want judge ourselves, criticize ourselves, allow no space for reflection and And then when there's a moment of crisis, that we're just going to know how to do it. That doesn't make any sense. So this is a way that you can actually learn to help your mind, to help your energy, your thoughts, your mental fitness, essentially. And you build it layer upon layer, understanding and connecting to yourself. So that regardless of whether there is chaos or calm, right, whether there is struggles, obstacles, or there is peace and flow, that you are completely capable of managing all of it because you have a foundational mental fitness already built. So let's learn a little bit about some of the elements of mental fitness. I'd love to just talk to you today on the ways that we sabotage ourselves. So saboteurs, as Shirzad Chimit calls them, are really a foundation foundational understanding for this philosophy, right? What are the ways that we actually sabotage ourselves? What are the ways that we keep ourselves stuck? What are the ways that we are increasing our overwhelm? And next week, we are actually going to talk about the other end of the spectrum, which is what are the ways that we actually help ourselves? What are powers, the inner wisdom that we all have access to and how do we activate that? So I hope you tune in next week to learn more about that. Another understanding to have between our 
our saboteurs and our sage inner wisdom is our saboteurs are activated by our primitive brain system, our limbic system. And our sage inner wisdom is really connected to our prefrontal cortex, our thinking brain. So it's important to understand what are the ways that our saboteurs are triggered and they come into play because this is a part of our brain that we don't always pay attention to and we don't have direct access to. It is part of our subconscious brain and our sage is part of our conscious thinking brain. So how do we shift from our subconscious reactionary way of dealing with things to our sage thinking, really tapping into our cognitive function tapping into an inner wisdom area of the brain. Our saboteurs motivates us through negative emotions, fear, stress, anger, insecurity, shame, blame, and guilt, all of those. And our sage powers motivates us through positive emotions, empathy, curiosity, creativity, passion, and purpose. So we want to know, right, how do we actually tap into some of these positive emotions that can help motivate us by working towards something as opposed to saboteurs that really is showing us all of the negative emotions and pain that we are trying to get away from. Now, know this as our human existence, and I've talked about this before, that we will experience 50% negative emotions and 50% positive emotions. The goal of life is it to not feel negative emotions. We want to use our negative emotions and our positive positive emotions to grow and to do what we want to in our life. So when we accidentally put our hand in the oven or on the stove and we burn our hand, we recognize, okay, that's painful. That's not good for us. Let's get our hand away so we can protect ourselves. So we understand that there are some things that are keeping us in places that aren't healthy for us. So that's not really where we want to be. Pain, negative emotions, all of these things help us recognize that. So we want to understand it. We want to use it so that we can get to our next level. Okay. I've now hurt my hand in the oven. What have I learned from it? How am I going to help myself? Maybe this is a way for me to learn that I need to wear mitts when I take things out of the oven, right? We learn all kinds of things such as this as a child. And it's important to understand that negative emotions are still going to happen. But when we stay in negative emotion, when we resist it or we try to avoid it and we somehow end up in that space, it makes it hard for us to build clarity and it makes it hard for us to get to our sage thinking part of our brain. So we can actually take action. We can move our hand out of the oven. We can do the things to keep ourselves safe, to keep ourselves healthy keep ourselves where we want to be. So the 10 saboteurs that is discussed, and if you take your free self-assessment, you'll get a list of these and which ones are stronger for you. The 10 saboteurs are judge, which is a universal saboteur. And the remaining nine are controller, avoider, hypervigilant, pleaser, victim, restless, stickler, hyper-rational, and hyper-achiever. All of us probably will use one or all of these elements of saboteurs in our life right? One or more of these will show up in different parts of our life. And by knowing what my saboteurs are, I understand what are ways that I have a baseline, habitual way of reacting to the needs and demands on my time. A saboteur 
actually develops because there were ways that you dealt with something as maybe a child and you did get some reward out of that. And therefore, now you've taken something that is your strength. That is a way that you have been able to reward yourself, that you've been able to grow and you have overused it and now it is hurting you. So let me use as an example, pleaser. We talk a lot about being a people pleaser, right? So a people pleaser, their strength is empathy. They want to make people happy, right? It gives them joy to help others. But what has now happened is you are using that strength that connection, being able to help someone else. And if you've raised it like by a hundredfold and you are doing it in a way that hurts you because you're saying yes in places where maybe you should be saying no. You're giving and giving of yourself, but are you taking the time to take care of yourself? And this might be something you recognize. Like you might be aware, oh my God, I'm so annoyed. I don't want to be doing this, but I said yes. And I don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. And I just want to do it. And even though I don't want to, and you have that like mental chatter going on, or you might not be aware of it. You might be saying things like, I wish I had time to take care of myself. I wish I had time to work out, but I really don't. I have so many things I have to do. I have to do all of these things for my boss, my spouse, my children, my in-laws, my community, my friends. I have to do everything for everybody. And I just don't have time. I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to eat. I don't have time to work out. Does that come up in your life where you feel like you care and you're too doing something, which is a strength, but somehow it has turned and backfired on you. And now you are in a place where you're not sure how to change. I get asked questions of, well, already what I do isn't enough. Already my boss isn't happy with my work or I'm struggling at home because I'm not able to help my kids with all the things that they want. And so your thought is, if only I did more, then somehow this would be better. I can promise you doing more is not the answer to your productivity. Doing more is not the answer to making things easier or better in your life. The reason overwhelm happens is because we have not trained our brain to understand what is important. And so our brain feels that everything's important. You have 20 things to do. All of them need to be done right now. And then obviously that is impossible. Nobody can do 20 things right now. We can only do one thing at a time. And so we come into this space where we are trying to achieve the unachievable and then getting upset at ourselves for failing. Would you expect your friend to do some of the things that you expect yourself to do? Would you expect your loved one to step in and do the things that you think, why can't I just do this easily? One of the common thoughts that I've heard in this space of perfectionism and trying to achieve the unachievable is the thought, I should know this by now, the thought, everyone else is doing it. Why haven't I figured this out? And I invite you to consider the possibility that everyone else is actually not doing it. And even if they are, we are all unique. Just because we've made it to adulthood, right, doesn't mean that we are somehow just naturally blessed with this knowledge or a skill that we expect ourselves to have. So when I hear myself think, 
why am I not figuring this out? I should know this by now. Why can't I just do this? I remind myself that I'm human and I'm still learning and growing. And if it's something that I really care about, then I am going to figure it out. Just because it is something that I might have some understanding or knowledge or even something that I might have done before. It doesn't mean that I'm just going to go back to it and be able to do it just like I did five years ago or 10 years ago. We don't want to take our greatest strengths and turn it into our greatest weakness by really abusing that strength. And the reality is that we would never expect someone else to do what we think we should know or do. Would you expect your friend to do that or your loved one to do that, to do multiple things at the same time, things that they may be unfamiliar with and to do it well, to do it with no mistake, to do it like an expert. Another common thought that I have heard is the concept, oh, it's just like riding a bicycle. It's, it's just going to come back to you. I've talked to musicians who were really very good at their musical instrument years ago, and now they're trying to get back to it and they're frustrated. Why can't I just go back and play the way I did? Because I played for years and years. Like I should just know this. I should have the retained muscle memory and I should just be able to do this. But you know what? That is actually not how it works. Yes, we're going to retain some understanding, some memory, but we're not going to go back and enter at the expert level or whatever level we were at before. So in our normal everyday life, is it possible for us to give ourselves and others compassion to say, I can see that you're doing your best. That's good. What do we learn? What are our gifts and opportunities for growth in this moment? How can I do better? What did I enjoy about today? How was I present? And how did I make the most of this moment that I am alive for? You know, a lot of times we ask questions such as, Something's wrong. We didn't figure it out. Someone else would have done this better. All of those things. We're asking the wrong questions. We're connecting to the wrong beliefs. The questions to ask ourselves is really, what did this mean for me? What have I learned? How has this brought me joy? Did it bring me joy? What else am I feeling? Where am I feeling these emotions? How did I use this moment to connect with others? How did I use this moment to connect to myself? Every moment is an opportunity for us to connect to ourselves, to nurture ourselves, to love and give ourselves compassion. But it is also an opportunity to connect to those saboteurs we were talking about earlier. It is an opportunity for us to connect to the judge within us, judging ourselves, judging others, judging our circumstances, What's the problem? What's the matter with you? I remember I, I used to ask that question all the time and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I thought this is how I grow. This is how I become my best version is by picking at the little things so I can improve. And then I realized guilt, blame and shame never did anything good. It never nurtured a soul. It kills motivation before it even has a chance to bloom because all we want now is to avoid the situation that we think is the reason for us us feeling guilty or having shame or blaming ourselves. So let's explore these saboteurs and see how do they show up in your life? So we talked about the judge. Judge is a universal saboteur. It means all of us has it. And it allowed me actually to understand a lot of how I was talking to myself. It allowed me to give myself self-compassion and say, I can tell that your judge is feeling a little triggered right now. You're thinking about all the ways that, that things are wrong. 
Now, what are ways that you are doing your best? Let's look for evidence and poke holes in our theory that somehow we're always screwing up. Somehow we are not rising to the plate. We're not doing the thing. What if this is how the thing is supposed to be? The way we explore our engagement with the judge is really with love and compassion. Loving and giving compassion to the part of us that feels that this is just the way it has to be, that we have to be critical of every step in order for us to do good things, in order for us to make progress. That's also just another story. We can make progress with love, compassion, fun, right? We don't need to be totally miserable and feel that element of scarcity and anxiety to have achievements. Let's look next at the controller. The controller is a saboteur that feels safety and security comes from being in control. The controller tells you the story that when we're in control, then everything's okay. And as soon as we relax our control seat, look, the kids are making mistakes. Things aren't getting done the way they need to be. The people who work for us might not be doing all of the right things. When we're in control, that doesn't happen. And then there's areas of frustrations that come up because they feel like like they're the only person who's taking charge. They're the only person who's following through on things. Does that sound familiar? What about hyperachiever? This was something that was actually a, a high percentage for me. Feeling like my worthiness and being enough is related to what I can achieve and do. So keep doing more, doing more, more learning, more working doing all the things for everyone, because that is how I create meaning and value in my life. And in reality, all of us are already worthy in our humanity. We are enough as we are. We think that we will be happy when we've achieved something more. But most of the time, as soon as you've achieved that, you got to do something more because that happiness, that arrival fallacy is always there. So it's important to remind ourselves that we are enough as we are right now. Nothing more needs to happen. Next saboteur is avoider. Avoider is a saboteur that creates the story that there is safety in avoiding whatever situation might be coming up. There is an illusion that by avoiding it, you're actually creating safety and security. So you avoid the difficult conversations or telling people how you really feel, telling people no when you don't really want to do something. Procrastination is pretty high on the list as well. When you're an avoider, again, creating the safety by staying in a space that is difficult or uncomfortable, but at the same time feels familiar. Because of the sense of yourself feeling threatened, feeling insecure, you don't actually want to deal with it. It's easier to say yes to someone else and no to yourself. The next saboteur is hyper-rational those who are connected to their deep analysis. They use data to make decisions and it can seem as though they don't have as much connection to their emotions and intuition. And it stems from a space of experiencing discomfort and also they're unable to quite understand how to connect to empathy and intuition, how to use some of those emotional intelligence tools. They feel that data is the way to go. And we use data to make decisions. We use data to keep things clean and not messy, right? Because emotions can be messy. 
that is a thought that people have sometimes. The next saboteur is hypervigilance. Vigilance is helpful. Really paying attention to and being aware of dangers and risks. Hypervigilance is feeling that discomfort, feeling that insecurity, that threat, and multiplying it into a space where it's hard to live without that underlying generalized anxiety that sometimes we can feel. The next saboteur is pleaser, as we have discussed earlier, is a great strength. Someone who is loving and giving and empathetic and wanting to help others. But when we do it to the detriment of ourselves, when we do it in a way that actually is harmful to ourselves and to others, then it becomes a saboteur. And this is a common saboteur, especially for women. One of the ways that we can really support ourselves if we do identify with being a pleaser is to give ourselves love. Self-love allows us to recognize that we don't have to do anything to feel love, right? We're able to love ourselves. We're able to give ourselves what we need. And from that space of worthiness, self-love, self-compassion, we can say yes to what's important and know when we are establishing our boundaries. The next saboteur is restless. Restless is actually something that I identify with a lot. It's just feeling like there's more to be done. And in a way, it's one of my strengths. I am excited and curious about so many things and I love to genuinely pursue these activities. But when I am doing activity to escape from dealing with negative emotions that maybe I don't want to deal with, when I'm doing things to feel like, okay, I'm enough. I'm doing so many things. I'm busy. I'm productive. We have this thought that if we are always busy, must be super productive. When I recognize this about myself, it was truly life-changing because every time I felt the urge to do something else, to add something else, I really want to do it. So much fun to my life. And I realized, where am I going to get the time? Where am I going to put that? Is this going to be another thing to add to my overwhelm? Is this really necessary right now? What are the things that I'm not finishing by constantly starting new things? So understanding the restlessness within our soul and knowing that there's nothing wrong. When I feel restless, I just remind myself, hey, look at that. I'm feeling restless. That's interesting. I'm going to stay focused on what I need to do. Or sometimes, especially if I've been working for a while and I can tell that it's a little bit of a distraction, lack of focus, I might even just take a little break. I might go for a walk. I might get a change of scenery and just remind myself that nothing has gone wrong. It's normal for me to feel restless because I am a person with lots of interests. And so I'm going to want to do all the different things that pop up, the things I'm interested in. I remind myself it's okay to feel restless. I don't have to respond to that. I don't have to start another thing for this. I can acknowledge what I'm feeling. I can feel them in my body and I can do connected exercises that helps me get back in touch with myself, take a little break, and then I get to come back and finish what I'm already committed to. Next saboteur is a stickler. A stickler is someone who has very high standards. They really want to do the right thing. They're very self-disciplined and none of those things sound bad, right? That's great. But when it creates a space where it's never good enough, where you feel like, oh, I got to do better. That's not going to work out. And not just stickler and judge and judging towards ourselves, but then we do it against others. 
and we build a space of constant frustration and disappointment because it's hard to achieve the unachievable. And you can see how this is really a space which keeps reminding ourselves that we are not enough and that doesn't serve us or anyone else. And last but not least, victim is our last saboteur. And that is the feeling that we are somehow flawed, that no one cares about us. And somehow we make poor choices and we get stuck in the worst situation over and over. And the reality is that terrible things happen in this world. And I want to honor that and say, I am not talking about individuals who have suffered from trauma and abuse. This is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is what are the ways that we are actually giving up control of our life to someone else? Maybe we're trying to avoid making a decision. And so we're stuck in a relationship that is really unhealthy for us. Maybe we are trying to be a pleaser. And so we are stuck in a job situation where we're trying to constantly please our boss or our administration or our customers. But now we can take control of our own thoughts, of our own human experience and say, so the reality is I am only responsible for my own thoughts and feelings. I have no control over someone else's, anyone else's thoughts or feelings or actions. Now, what do I know about this situation? Raising awareness on where things are and then raising awareness where you want them to be. So if you want to create a change, really, you got to think about what is it that you want? You design that change and then you set about implementing it. And I talk about this in my Life by Design sessions and some of the workshops and such. How do we create life by design in a way that feels authentic and meaningful, in a way that's intentional and full of mindfulness, connected and building presence in that moment? The reality is that any of these saboteurs can railroad our day, but we have control over the thoughts and feelings that pop up in our head. We get to choose, ultimately, recognizing that we all have a finite amount of time in this world. How do we we want to show up? How do we want to live in this moment? How do we want to engage with each other? How do we want to connect to ourselves? We have this one wild, beautiful life. How are you going to show up? I hope you'll think about some of the questions that I've shared, and I hope you'll explore what this means for you. What are your saboteurs? What are the ways that you're currently keeping yourself stuck? If you could create a change, what would that look like? How are your saboteurs showing up in your life? Now that we understand this better, how can we use this knowledge and connect to our sage inner wisdom? That will be the topic of our next podcast. And in the meantime, let's remind ourselves with words, with the power of touch, how much we love ourselves, that we are enough, that we belong, that we're worthy. Because a lot of times these saboteurs, what they do is they feed on that sense of what if what I'm doing is not enough? What if no one will love me? What if I keep making mistakes? It feeds on that sense of being enough. So that's a great space for us to love ourselves, to honor ourselves, to support ourselves, to give ourselves compassion and know that as humans, we will experience 50% of the time positive emotions and 50% of the time negative emotions. Nothing has gone wrong. That's exactly how it's meant to be. This is what our lived human experience is. If any of this resonated with you and you would like to explore more, I wanted to share that I am offering a free seven-day journey to explore the power of radical self-love for you. This will be an experiential program, and it's specifically designed for women who are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, 
struggling with the chaos and expectations on their time, looking for clarity and ways to manage their time, mind, and energy. During this program, we will spend time connecting to our authentic self, learning how to give ourselves unconditional love and practice tender as well as fierce self-compassion exercise. We'll connect to the power of our thoughts and feelings, learning what practical self-care really means and how can we do that for ourselves? How do you show up and step in to be your best friend. We're going to talk about self-judgment and self-criticism, how blame, shame, and guilt is really keeping you stuck and disempowered, and how can we take massive action from a place of worthiness, love, and belonging. We'll learn how to connect to our sage inner wisdom and how to program our reticular activating system to create the results that we want to see and how to continue to build that radical self-love that you do feel for yourself unconditionally. Join me February 14th to start your journey to the power of radical self-love. You can register at serenitywellnessmd.com forward slash love. This information will also be available in the show notes. So I hope that you'll explore this and consider what are some ways that you can show up. You can show up and be present in your suffering, in your moments of pain and struggle. Give ourselves compassion. Give ourselves love. Give ourselves kindness, reminding ourselves of common humanity and being mindful in this process. Giving ourselves moments of rest, giving ourselves moments where we have time to recover, especially when we're struggling. This is one of the most compassionate and loving things we can do for ourselves. And if you want to take it even deeper and really apply this to your life, if you're tired of the excuses of being in the same place every day, having the same problems, not understanding or not knowing how to create that change, then I invite you to set up a time and talk to me. You can connect with me on social media. You can find me on my website, www.serenitywellnessmd.com. And you can schedule a call with me. You can find my scheduling link on the show notes. So we can explore what this means to your unique set of needs. We can explore what are the places where you don't have clarity in your life, where you're looking to create changes, but you've been in the same place stuck and overwhelmed. The first session is free where we really just explore what is going on and what are the things that you need to do to create that change, how to overcome the overwhelm. So this is not what we continue to experience on a daily basis. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then I invite you to explore this because the truth is nothing changes if nothing changes. I hope that you explore some of the questions and moments for reflection that I've shared today. I look forward to chatting with you more this year as we really connect and create what we want our vision to be. And what does it take to create that transformation? What does it look like when we are exploring our thoughts and our feelings? what our action line can look like. We'll discuss what it means to be stuck, overwhelmed, procrastinate, and all of the things, and how can we overcome it? I hope that this process is providing inspiration and support as you work to create your best year in 2022. Thank you so much for dreaming with me and for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you. And if there are any other topics that you really want to hear more of and explore, then please send me an email, send me a message. I'm available on social media as well as on my website. All of the links are on my show notes as well. And I look forward to helping you in your life adventure.
this year. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.